I, I do rankle a little bit when I hear craft brewers go, support us because we're local. You know, when you're asking consumers to make exactly the same purchasing decision that you're not willing to make yourself, buy something less convenient, more expensive, because it suits um, you for them to do it, but it may not necessarily suit their budget. And yet when brewers are buying their tanks, they go to the cheapest um, supplier overseas rather than supporting a local manufacturer. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is a Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Pete. How do we find you this fine Thursday morning of lockdown light <laughs> up in Brisbane, is it? <laughs> oh, we're locking it. We're voluntary locking down. We, uh, we, we got so good at it, we uh, decided to just keep it going. That's a worry. Yeah, we're um, <laughs> as we say down here in Melbourne, uh, you know, when we have a, a snap seven day lockdown, the first twenty one days are the hardest. <laughs> right, how, how are the, how are you Victorians feeling about the New South Wales government coming out and saying how hard their lockdown is? Um, you know, it's the hardest in the country, hardest ever known to man in at any time ever. Oh, did they? They say that. The key to success is don't listen to anything. <laughs> Spend time with really. your family. Wander out in the garden, saw a beautiful sunrise yesterday with a walk with Mrs. Pilsner on our 30th oh. wedding anniversary. Happy no anniversary, way. Pete. Yes, sir. Congratulations. No, look, I, I have to say, Pete, I miss celebrating your 30th anniversary with Mrs. Pilsner with you this year. Um, with, no, no, two, two, do you often only, do that? Yeah. Two years, two years out of the last oh, 10 that I've actually spent it with, uh, with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally spent with Matt. About? At the Ecker. It, 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 oh, always, falls, yeah. it always falls at oh, some point through the Ecker. Yeah. I can't believe she puts up with it. Uh, you know, we, you know, it's just, just a day, isn't it? Just a, it's just a yeah. After mark 30 on the years. calendar. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, welcome. Congrats. Now. Yeah, I know. I'm very I'm, good. You've I figure I'm well. pretty safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, quite a bit to get through, and I'm sure that uh, lockdowns and all that sort of stuff will uh, will come into it. So uh, let's cross live now to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news this week in beer. And it's not often clear that we get a first worldwide uh, exclusive, uh, never ever been done before. <laughs> um, but somebody's brewed something called a, a, a Pacific Ale. Oh, oh, Pacific. I've never heard of it before. Um, <laughs> Little Creatures has launched a Pacific Ale for, in time for its 21st birthday, and um, it followed in the footsteps of now many breweries. Um, obviously, I had a look into this because I know you guys have mentioned it on the podcast before, but it was a little bit just before my time uh, when the Stone and Wood uh, trademark case was knocking around. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, but it was a really interesting one, but I think we'll, we'll, we shall park it for a discussion below the fold. Um, Absolutely, the is, they've launched the whole discussion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, but but just but just on that, Matt and I are now feeling particularly old, hearing that um, Little Creatures is twenty one, and we've often referred to you know the different phases of craft beer as 
uh, BC, so before creatures, is sort of, you know, from up, up to about 1998, 99. That's crazy. So, yeah, 21. Uh, well done to them. Yeah. Good on. But, yeah, uh, more about that later. On the opposite end of the scale is zero alcohol. Um, and there, there's a bit of a dispute, Claire, over um, gateway drink claims. It continues. Uh, we've had a bit of a, a stoosh to that this week because uh, basically it's not a proper research. Sorry, sorry, what, sorry, what a did, surprise. We had a bit of a what? A stoosh. What's a stoosh? Don't you mean a stoush? What's a stoush? I think I've it's just seen you... a bit down that. <laughs> stoush is the correct way of pronouncing what you're trying to call. Uh, well, yes. I've said it the British way, so deal with it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I thought this, thought this was supposed to be swift, you two. There's been many sidelines already. Sorry. Um, and the, the two anyway, and wonder why, after 200 years, we never, we've never gone back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, fair enough. We had a fight. Um, okay. We had a Barney. <laughs> we had a Barney. Um, okay, so there was a bit of a dispute then. Um, basically, a journal article came out. It wasn't proper research. It's what in the academic world they called basically a literature review, where they talk about, um, you know, what's gone on um, previously in this particular issue. Um, but the conclusion that they came to in this journal article was that zero alcohol beverages are potentially gateway drinks for minors to start drinking alcohol. Um, so it's only a three page paper. Usually a paper is like seven or eight, at least up to 30 or 40 pages. Um, but basically, this uh, study said that it compared zero alcohol beverages to e-cigarettes, saying they were appealing to younger people and that there was an assumption that they were less harmful to health. Um they are less harmful. Sorry, they are <laughs> less harmful for health. It's a thing. I think it's an axiom, not an assumption. Sorry. Yes, that's exactly it. And uh, they said they basically said that children will be unable to tell the difference between an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic version of, um, so like a master brand like a Heineken Zero, until um, they fall or off Carlin their or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it was a really interesting one. It brought up loads of issues because we were talking about whether. Um, you know, it's being sold in supermarkets. Does that mean that miners can buy uh, zero alcohol beer? Technically, they probably could. Um, and it turns out we've had some comments, actually, which we'll talk about below the bold. Um, but there doesn't seem to be some consensus on how this is dealt with and, um, from a retail perspective. Yes. Um, so it was really an interesting one. And the Alcohol Beverages Australia organisation, they responded, obviously, quite quite annoyed by the whole thing although they would responded in what matt and i would consider a first draft email um kind of way rather than a five drafts along type of way you know when you moderate um, your language you, like yeah. you, you, you reply um out of anger yeah so that was an interesting one but it brings up a lot of issues in the in- industry about um zero alcohol positioning like a lot of brewers like we've discussed previously with the Heineken Zero ABAC case last week they've actually separated it from their main brand whereas the mainstream brewers um adopt the same master brand kind of branding for their zero alcohol options so there's a bit of a difference there um and again we'll have a chat about it below the fold but um that was an interesting one this week as well yeah uh speaking of uh, going back to Pacific Ale, um, Four Pines, who uh, make quite a good Pacific Ale, Four Pines uh, becomes the beer partner of Cricket Australia. Indeed. Well, I'll wrap these two to, in the same one, not 
that we should consider them completely similar. But um, Four Pines has taken over the sponsorship of Australian men's cricket of the Australian men's cricket team following a deal with Cricket Australia, and that used to be held by Forex. And then Colonial has also signed a deal with Cricket Victoria um, to become its official beer partner. Um, so it's not the first time Colonial's dipped its toe in. But interesting one, because someone commented on the Four Pines story, like, oh, let me let me fix that for you. It was It's Asahi or something um, that have done it. And I was like, well, not really, because Asahi's not going to be put on the stadiums. Four Pines is going to be put on the stadiums. Um, but anyway... Again, interesting space to be working in, and especially for Colonial as a craft brewer, um, we're just seeing bigger and bigger deals going on in that space, which which has been really interesting as well. Indeed, and uh, we shall um, keep an eye on that. Now, here's one. Though. Here's one we don't <laughs> often touch on, but um, uh, some company called Brew has had a property sale blocked, and apparently that's news, Claire. <laughs> Apparently it is. Um, well, it's going to be news to the ASX, who Brew told the other week that, that it was basically done and dusted. Um, so they're supposed to be selling their Ballarat property that they'd done a deal with Development Victoria with to, um, I think it was called the World's Greenest Brewery. It was supposed to be a $100 million brewery, uh, 100 jobs. Uh, and obviously, not surprisingly, that hasn't hasn't um, materialised. So Development Victoria has actually blocked this because they have an option to, um, in February 2022, uh, take that back over if Brew hasn't um, agreed, uh, hasn't fulfilled the terms of that. Uh, And so they were like, well, we'll just hold on until February 2022 and uh, probably get it at a much cheaper price than uh, the 7.5 million that Brew was going to sell it for. So, oh, Brew, what what do you say about Brew, really? Nothing. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Not even below the fold for that one. No, we'll leave that where it is. (laughs) Something about something called TikTok and cannabis imagery are in the ABAC spotlight, Claire. Yeah, so we we did our semi-regular roundup of the uh, ABAC uh, adjudications. And so one that was interesting for me that really jumped out was that um, One Drop Brewing saw a complaint about its sour sop and indica uh, sour ale. It was accused of promoting drug culture. Um, I think it's got like cannabis leaves and stuff all over it. So in the UK, the Portman Group has um, basically rules that say you can't in any direct or indirect way show an association with illicit drugs, which obviously cannabis falls under. Um, Same in Australia. The ABAC code doesn't have specific provisions prohibiting drug references. However, we found out afterwards that FSANS does. So while it's okay in terms of ABAC, there are other sort of um, bodies that you should be looking at when it comes to labelling. And that does basically forbid the putting any. (laughs) It says, although it does say um, any image or representation of the cannabis sativa plant, doesn't technically say the indica plant. They're slightly different, everyone. Uh, I don't know whether they need to sort that one out, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Just an interesting one to keep in mind. I didn't even really realise that was the case, um, but another interesting um, move from ABAC. Yeah, there we go. Uh, there's a coexistence agreement which ends the Coles trademark feud. Mm. So do you remember this one last year, Pete? I'm not sure if you did. It went crazy. So um, Coles Liquor basically slapped the beer drop um, with a bit of a legal dispute over their trademarking of, of the beer drop. Um, apparently, they had something called the wine drop and they'd trademarked that in 2012, but they hadn't really done much with it since. Um, but they were, as most of these ma- major businesses do, had kept an eye on um, who was trademarking similar. And basically, 
everyone was in uproar. It was a bit of a David and Goliath thing because the beer drop were pretty relatively new on the scene. Um, so I spoke to Evan um, at the beer drop and he was like, yep, yeah, we've agreed it. We've done a coexistence agreement. Actually, they turned out to be quite nice about it. So um, I spoke to James Omond our resident IP lawyer, about uh, what a coexistence agreement is. Uh, and he says they're actually relatively common um, and something you should definitely take into consideration when looking at trademarks. But everyone was really nice, actually. He was saying that, um, you know, you've got to look at the Bruise News trademark. Um, we've got a big list of all the trademarks on the site uh, that we put together. And it sort of gives you an idea of what's up and coming in the industry and, and what's going on. We try and put them all together that are related to the beer category. Um, and he was like, get a lawyer. Like, it's not worth this argument. It's not worth this fight that we've had to um, deal with in the lawyer's fees um, over the whole dispute. You may as well just pay up front. And, you know, it seems like a lot. It seems like a big issue to start off with. Um, but once you, if you do it right, then you don't have to go through this kind of thing. Um, so it was a, not, a not happy ending to this one. That was a good one to hear because, like you say, apart from, look, as James says, there's a small amount that you can pay up front that will just sort of cover your backside and, and set you right going into the future because everyone, you know, you fall in love with the name that you created for your brewery or the, the imagery or the logo, whatever it might be, um, and then that becomes part of your, your brand story and your mission statement and all those sorts of things. And then mm-hmm. if you do down the track, it grows bigger than you ever think. And then you, oh, now we're going to go into a, another market, uh, mm. whether it be interstate, overseas, whatever, and you go, oh, hang on, there's already some someone else, you know, with, with that name. So coexistence, I guess, you know, that, that sounds like a, a good way to get along to get along kind of thing. But Yeah, um, exactly. Because if nothing else, it'd be a, a really annoying to have to, you know, change all your labelling. But if you did have to change your labelling, Rellings label stickers and packaging are not able to just supply labels for your cans or your bottles, but they can reprint stuff that's, um, you know, turns out to, to be infringing somebody else's IP. Um, they can also <laughs> supply printed or blank cartons, uh, can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves. Um, they can put little stickers of apology that, you know, sorry, we, you know, stepped on your IP, <laughs> whatever. They could probably uh, even cover, if you had a, you know, a, a can that looked a little bit like a children's confectionery drink, they could probably do something oh. about that as well. Yeah, like- uh, well, how's like that a, for a teaser? A malted milk uh-huh. chocolate. More on uh, that later. <laughs> yeah, drink additive. Um, yeah, so uh, give them a call on 1300 852 to discuss further. That's Relling's label stickers and packaging. Seamless. Uh, one more, Claire. We've got a late one coming in. Um, we do. Straight from the uh, the annals of uh, the Academy Awards. But um <laughs> Mountain Culture has been named uh, among the best beers of 2021. Yeah, is this the best beers in the Blue Mountains? We're or? into the best beers season already, people. <laughs> it's yeah, only it's a bit early for that. Um, yeah, so Untapped recently released its five best hazy slash neepers um, of 2021. And Mountain Culture's Be Kind Rewind comes in at number five, um, and it's using Vic Secret, which is just Bloody impressive. Um, although we did have a question about that, and we're going to have to ask about whether they weight it based on population. Wasn't that right, Pete? That's what you said, which is a very fair point. Uh, we can probably blow the fold this um, because there's a bit of discussion around uh, yeah around the history of these sorts of things. Cool. Indeed. Well, there we go. Well, that's a very nice segue, Matt, because um, that's it for the news. Uh, you'll consider yourselves caught up if you need to get off and uh, mash in or do whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, now's the time to do it. Thanks for joining us. But if you wish to hang around, you can do that now for something we call Below the Fold. And 
understand where I start below the fold with two things. One, the mailbag. And two, thanking New Zealand Ale Trail for the mailbag. They're our mailbag sponsors. <laughs> the mailbag, thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to three dubs, nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail, all one word, on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And one of the best beer experiences in New Zealand coming up, Matt, might be the um, ARL and NRL Grand Finals. You never know. It could be. And they certainly in October, they've got their Brewers Guild Awards that I'm hoping to be over for. So I've started planning a, you know, a bit of a journey now. So even, you know... Beervana? Is Beervana on? Or has it just oh, been Beervana's on? Beervana's well? on it in, in a week or so, I think, because it's always coming at the up. end of the exhibition. Um, yeah. Which is why right. we haven't been the last few years, Pete. That's it. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much to New Zealand Ale Trail. Uh, what do we want to start off with? Because there's so much, we've powered through the news like champions, um, but a lot of it I think will have um, some interesting side discussions or in depth discussions um, based on the uh, interest shown by our listeners. We'll start with Mailbag. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for the Letter of the Week. You can also post a comment. Um, having joined our Facebook group, you do that by searching Radio Brews News and then using the password at the side of your mouth, Soapbox. That's Soapbox. Um, <laughs> and then you'll join our Facebook group. If you uh, land a comment there, you'll I be I don't in think the we've mind. had a review for a while. So, yeah. So, like, thank you to everyone who's taken the time to, to, to post. But, you know, just maybe... It it, and it's not an ego thing. It's not a big head thing. It's just, it does it's, help us. It yeah. helps uh, other people. Because as I say, if you're sitting here and enjoying this kind of thing, you know, we don't want to be your indie garage band that used to be cool because you were the only one who listened to us. And now that we're popular, you know, you've dumped us. Um, so we want to you know, spread the love. Because uh, at the end of the day, particularly, and if you're a, a if you're an industry personage, uh, as in, you know, in the, the beer caper at all. And everything from packaging, obviously, you know, our friends at Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging, through to um, yeast suppliers, uh, all sorts of, you know, raw material suppliers and uh, ancillary um, people, they listen to us because we're the only ones really, I guess, talking about beer from an industry point of view. So share the love, why don't you? We will thank you in advance. Um, and so all the people who discover your products and services, as the many who have uh, discovered you know, people like Rallings. Exactly. How about we start at the beginning? Uh, Steve Levian in the Facebook group. Steve says, been pondering the discussions on local from this week's and recent podcasts. Nothing else to do in lockdown. Uh, for me, it's about being my local rather than just local in, in general. Um, my local coffee shop is not the closest. In fact, I walked past uh, four or five to get there. Similarly, my local brewery is not close and I still call it my local. Therefore, only I, I can choose if you are my local or not. And my choice is based on lots of criteria, not just location. Once you are my local, you'll get lots of my business. I'll stick with Pete Brown's definition of craft beer. I mean, that's fair. That's a good, that that, it is a good point. But, but, and and yeah. that's where my local brings in all of the other attributes that you look. It's not just going, you know, and, you know, it, it's, it's no, funny. It's not Pete. just geographical convenience. I mean, I remember mm. you and I maybe in a very early podcast or even just back when we were blogging pre Bruce News Days, I, I wrote a post that, you know, all things being equal, I'm going to only drink Australian beers and the closer to my house, the better. Um, and it just seemed to make sense to me as the, as, as the choices grew. I never wanted to be a ticker. Um, you know, I wanted to be somebody who just drank good beer, which was my, fired my enthusiasm in the first place. 
I, I thought that was a really good point. And you, you, you do look at the things that matter to you. Um, and a lot of those can just be purely emotional. Um, and ownership oh, isn't necessarily one of them. You know, if you are in Townsville or a place that's you know, near Byron Bay and you like the Byron Bay brew pub, well, they closed that, didn't they? I think they did. Uh, they closed. I think they closed the they brewery, did. but they didn't. I'm not sure about the venue. Um, and and, and if, it, if it ticks your needs and you're mm. not particularly cared about independence, and uh, actually w- without cross promoting too much, um, have a listen to the podcast I did with uh, Peter Philp um, from Wayward this week, um, which was quite interesting. It was, it was hard, and I said to him at the start, I didn't want to speak to him as chair of the. IBA, I want to speak to him as head of Wayward, um, just so there was no, um, but a lot of the messaging that he was giving was the same. And, you know, he actually acknowledged, um, you know, I think it was one of the quotes of the year, there's an independent beer for everyone, not necessarily a craft beer for everyone, which I thought was quite interesting because we were talking about, um, you know, things like the mainstream lagers that a lot of brewers, the rice lagers or the, you know, beers that were once upon a time not regarded as you know, craft beers and, in fact, you know, shooed by the craft beer cognoscenti. Um, and so many brewers are just bringing in an ultralight lager, which even this week in the Facebook group, um, one of our uh, – in fact, there was a bit of a discussion amongst a couple of people, you know, talking about the lagers that are cropping up in the tap room, and many tap rooms are saying this is our biggest seller. Um, yep. So it, it's – yeah, it, 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 it's, it's really, really interesting, and I think individual breweries – need to establish a brand for themselves to become someone's local rather than relying on the IBA to be their marketing agency for them by marketing some, you know, catch-all definition of independence. Yeah, and we often talk too about, like, be aware that it might not just be their local brewery that they're making their local. It's their place of communion. It's their place of community. It's their place of, you know, just getting together. The and, third place um, is, yeah. is what a lot of people call it. You know, it's not work. It's not home. It's that place where you get together and socialise um, and you feel comfortable. And obviously you take that up another notch if you're also then, you've got food trucks or you've got, um, you know, a kid's playground or you've got um, a restaurant, bar, you know, whatever. It all adds up. Uh, Claire, Ben, Ben Hackshaw, is Ben mm. new? Oh yes, ben new um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben's pretty new to us, I think. He says, uh, "Hi guys, slash gal, uh, been listening for a while. Not involved in the industry, but love all the podcasts and even made a donation. Oh, thanks, Ben. What legend? Well, thank you. I, I must have missed that one. I know, hopefully, I responded because when I do get a little, uh, you know, yeah, cash register <laughs> signal on my phone saying that somebody's given us some money, I, I, I do try." Um, so hopefully Ben has sent us his uh, post office box as well. So you we can do, yeah. Give, yeah. <laughs> give him most of that donation back uh, with postage and bar blades. That's it. But he does ask, um, just wondering if you know of any brands, I'm assuming he means brewery brands, uh, making reusable masks as merch. I did respond, I did respond yeah, to him and said that, to that uh, yeah. my local bottle shop, there you go, my local independent bottle shop, um, mm-hmm. I've seen the team there sporting. Is that, is that craft at Red Hill? That's craft at Red Hill, yes. Uh, God, they should be paying us some money too, shouldn't they? Um, <laughs> they uh, truth, truth be known, they do give me a uh, discount um, uh, when I go in. But uh, uh, do you say hello? I'm Matt Kirkyard, and then they're just like, "Well, have it no. all for free." He storms and he goes, "Don't you know who I am?" No, they. <laughs> it's Tony Harper, you know, and his family. They know who I am. Yeah, uh, it, is, it is a good point because you see a lot of uh, merchandising, advertising, marketing where mm-hmm. people are, are wearing masks that are, you know, rocking a, a football team or uh, a theme and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of breweries, small breweries got into 
the hand sanitizer early yep. on, yep. Uh, way back when. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I, I wonder whether because there's two different types as well. So Ben's talking about the the reusable type, and then you've got the the N95s and the P95s and all the other various ones. I, I haven't seen anything other than them in either blue, white, or black. Yeah, but I, I wonder if it's yeah. I wonder if I wonder why not. Look, I, yeah, it, it, but it, missing a trick. You're missing a trick, but more importantly, like I was really impressed, and the reason I took note of it um, was it, it was the um, Kaiju Crush. Um, branding you know on it so you know it was that really sophisticated branding and marketing that we're now starting to see a lot of the breweries that are breaking up from the pack employ because I've got the resources on one hand but also I suspect that they're breaking from the pack because they do this sort of thing um, you know so when customers go in they're seeing your brand but you're also providing a service to your retailers who stock your product you know it, it's, it's something it's not just the here's a sample of my beer you know I want you to try it um, and if you like it stock it it's that in venue support that makes it easy for this business to stock your brands and makes you know builds that relationship with them where they know you're thinking about them and it's also their face becomes your billboard the way that you know any merch does um, so yeah no, that, that, that's why I took notice of it and we are starting to see you know, businesses, you know, it used to be just maybe a poster or a bit of a floor display or whatever. We are starting to see the, you know, venue in partnership um, branding become much more sophisticated, uh, which is, I, you know, going to be great for the breweries that do it or can do it and have the resources to, but, you know, it's going to make it even harder for those small local breweries who, you know, who just don't have the means or the capacity um, to, to do that sort of support. Yeah. But, sorry, but before we move on, have you guys seen any other – you guys haven't seen anyone else making really No, I haven't. Kaiju is the one that came to me as well. Um, but I can't think of anybody else. If anybody knows, though, let us know. We can let Ben, like, let ben know. And shout out to, um, to uh, our friends at Brick Lane who reached out and, and um, as a result of COVID and all that sort of thing with their brewery expansion, uh, got a local mm-hmm. company to do their fabricating. Indeed. Look, and, and that's it. Well, I mean, that's, that's an interesting discussion because would they had on on the tasting that they had virtually this week? They you know they're waiting. Or, no, it was them waiting for some new tanks or new, the the new brew house that they got from Germany. Um, mm-hmm. And the shipping is just for not like it's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like I. I'd, I, I do wonder, and you spoke to Paul Claire. Would they have I gone with Chinese tanks if there hadn't been such a backlog and such bad transport? I did. I, I asked Paul that exact question, and he said, "You know what? The size of the tanks that they were looking at, it doesn't really make that much difference right. in terms of price because the, they're so massive that they would cost so much in freight that it was pretty much equal to the what Furphy would be charging. And Furphy's just down the road, so they can go and do quality testing. They can go and muck about with them, see them being built, whereas obviously you don't have any, it's no transparency in the process when um, you have it built elsewhere. So actually it turned out to be pretty pretty on par with each other um, in terms of price nowadays because of the freight issue, which is really interesting. There you go. But again, like it's one of those things that, you know, we do have the capacity to make it here. It is more expensive, um, but we make decisions about what we invest in and, I, I do rankle a little bit when I hear craft brewers go, support us because we're local, you know, when you're asking consumers to make exactly the same purchasing decision that you're not willing to make yourself. 
buy something less convenient, more expensive, because it suits um, you for them to do it, but it may not necessarily yeah. suit their budget. And yet when brewers are buying their tanks, they go to the cheapest um, supplier overseas rather than supporting a local manufacturer because it's cheaper and whatever. And, you know, I, I, I'm not criticising them for that, but I am just think that they should be mindful when they have jingoistic slogans that this is the mindset that they need to overcome because we all exhibit it every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If they stick their flag in a, in a hill and that's their hill, then they have to live that throughout because otherwise they are leaving themselves open to, at, in the most cynical way, um, poor PR. Yeah, and you're undermining the, your brand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also just being completely unethical as a business. Um, so it makes sense, um, but definitely something that they should look at and I don't think they look at hard enough sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, and just on that, uh, Matt mentioned the media online tasting that uh, Brick Lane conducted with for their new Sidewinder, which is a uh, now what did they describe it as, Matt? Ultra low elk. So ultra low elk. It's super ultra low. Elk. It was. It was like it wasn't just ultra. It was. It was one point one. Yeah, one point one, and a and a hazy. Uh, really interesting to. Um, and I, I say this, I, I bring this up by way of segueing into uh, Blair Hughes's comment about uh, zero alcohol. Uh, mm. But yeah, I thought a, a really great way to engage the, the beer media community, um, and and really interesting to get the the take, you know, John's takes on how they came about it and all the different, you know, from water chemistry to. Now what was? And I love it when John puts his um, white lab coat on. Often. And, <laughs> and, and says, but he, he just, he, he just, he can, he can, when he starts off, you can hear him kind of holding back, holding back, and then he just can't, and the floodgates open. And it was, uh, what was the proteinate, proteinated, highly Great proteinated, word. yes. Like <laughs> and I thought, oh, good on you. That's that's what I that's what I came here for, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I come for the beer, but I stay for John's the, the new word that I'm going to learn. So yeah, so using high, <laughs> higher higher protein grains and and uh, adjuncts and what have you to compensate for you know mouthfeel and uh, things that, that that you're going to lose in the alcohol. Um, and it, when you hear it explained, it's just a really interesting insight into the method behind designing a beer rather than just saying this is the latest trend how do we do it don't care just just replicate whatever's been done it's it's like no that I, I like the that studious approach to it because i think <laughs> i think at the end of the day the the end product is a is a better one if we're going to have prof's beer of the week i'm actually going to call that as a you know matt's beer of the week um you know it, uh, ultra low alcohol 1.1 it was pr- arguably the best tasting you know pale ultra low alcohol pale ale um that i've tried you know and if, if I was is that out, category quite wide then oh well it's well it's 1.1 so it's not the sort of 0.5 um mm. but i think it can still because it's 1.15 there's a fair saving in excise yeah i think i still yeah is there excise Actually, is on it, something i think it's excise free yeah and and, and i think it can oh, also be it. sold oh. on shelves can't it can it be sold Oh, no, I thought it had to be okay. under point zero five to be like yeah, like a supermarket. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But that there we go. This is the issue, isn't it? But it was very good. Oh, and if I good. was ever looking for a beer that didn't have alcohol, not that I ever will, but if I ever was, um, <laughs> it would be my go-to. 
<laughs> it's probably like a normal day for me, to be honest. I might just give it a go. <laughs> I think, actually, well, I've, I've got the samples. We haven't been in the office, so um, there are samples Ooh, here for yeah. you to oh, share. Oh, yes, please. Um, actually, just very quickly, just jumping back to that local thing, um, it wasn't we mm. didn't cover it in the news because it was more of a media release. But again, going back to that jingoism, you know, we're local. You know, we're, we're locally owned. Our profits don't go overseas. Um, CUB announced this week. Well, mm. it actually wasn't an announcement. It was a you know their their first purchase, I think, direct from farmers. It was something that they announced about six months ago. Um, you know, 100% of their malt is going to come directly from farmers without you know, a middle person. Mm-hmm. So they're dealing with big, um, you know, big grain farmers and they're, they're malting it. Um, and, you know, it, that's a big statement. You'd be as cynical as you want um, about the fact that they haven't paid tax here mm-hmm. for such a long time. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the argument about ownership and, you know, overseas profits and you know, all of that is so much more nuanced than... The, the just the easy well we you know like I'm a small brewery and my profits don't go overseas I don't know that many small breweries that are making huge profits anyway um, <laughs> which incidentally is probably a good way, a good reason to support them but you know then buying their grains specialty grains and their hops and everything from overseas and you, you can't just dismiss the economic value that the, the big brewers add and I think you know small brewers need to really look at enunciating you know their own going back to buying their tanks in Australia and things that if they're going to say things like we don't send our profits overseas, no, but most of the inputs into our brewing outside of our wages go overseas because we buy our tanks from China, we buy our you know hops from wherever, we buy our malt from wherever. Um, and it, it, it's all part of the package. And speaking of big brewers, Matt, I might just uh, zig where I could have zagged and go back to pick up the story of uh, Little Creatures uh, launching their Pacific Ale and then finish off with the two comments that we've got on La Zero Oc. Sure. Cool. So as Claire told us, um, to celebrate their 21st birthday, or is it? It's just in time for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been out for a while. <laughs> like I've been getting people sending me photos of it for a while. Um, so they've only decided, you know, their, their brand things, they seem to test it in certain markets, see how the response is, and then you know, and don't don't announce it, and then make a big thing when they've decided to actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting too that Go they're launching a hazy at the same time. Okay. I yeah, well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, little creatures, which um, we've talked about, Pete is a um, you know, I, I, I think it is the brand that you really hang the craft beer hat on. There were brewers before them, but Little Creatures, even when it was independent, um, was the one that really popularised and went big. Um, but they're languishing. They're, the, the volumes aren't really increasing. Furphy's been going uh, mental, um, and they are looking for something. And the, the second thing is that they're really gunning for stone and wood. Um, it, 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 it's interesting. I've had documents sent to me um, showing the deals that they've been offering on Pacific Ale, you know, which is how I know that this isn't a, a launch, um, you know, six weeks ago, five or six weeks ago, where uh, the, the, the deals are pretty ridiculous, um, to be honest. Lion has been targeting um, with special deals, um, Little Creatures Pacific Ale, in a, in a table that says, requirement from customer, um, replace Stone and Wood Pacific tap and price point and replace any competitor tap and price point so Woo-hoo. any competitors pacific ale, uh, well any 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 pacific, so pacific ale to put 
if you put Little Creatures Pacific on tap and you replace Stone and Wood Pacific, um, the list price is $354.16. They will drop $118 per keg um, to bring the final landed unit cost down to 243 Now, Stone and Wood is around Ooh. about that anyway or a little bit higher. So they're specifically targeting, you know, incentivizing brewers to take Stonewood Pacific Ale off. Um, and then, you know, other brewers being caught in um, the same collateral because they're getting a four plus one deal, which takes $70 off, which brings the um, uh, competitor's price down to, the, the price down to $291 per keg. I'd be keen to hear from any of our listeners who are uh, publicans. Well, okay. Who would entertain I, I, the thought of, of, of spending three fifty. Plus GST, presumably. Well, you know, and this is where you've got to I mean, wonder what the ACCC is. Little I've, Creatures is an established brand, but their Pacific Ale is not, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't got runs on the board yet. Where does a contract start and a, a, a good mutually beneficial business decision end? You know? Well, and, and, and this is the thing. Like, you know, you, you ban contracts tomorrow, nothing's going to change because brewers are going to do it. But it's when... We constantly hear that the big brewers, because of their scale, are able to provide beer cheaper. And that was the Brewers Association's line uh, under the previous um, general manager or the previous CEO. Craft brewers are inefficient and more expensive. And who wants to pay you know, $12 for a schooner? At $350 for a little, for a little creature's Pacific Ale, you're paying you know, $80, $90, $100 more than stone and wood, which is a fraction of the same size. So there are, you know, it's it's just when their arguments become um, spurious. But the ACCC basically, you know, says uh, you know, their, their usual straight bat, not looking into it, um, not a big thing. But anyway, um, it, it, it's this is the choice um, that consumers make. If you're, you know, if you're willing to buy a little creatures Pacific Ale, knowing that that, that that's going on, then you're contributing to the the lack of diversity in the brewing industry. Um, but did we want to talk about the the use of Pacific Ale that is becoming increasingly prevalent? Yeah, well, that was part of the uh, yeah mm. yeah below the fold notes. Well, because originally, <laughs> like Stone and Wood launched Pacific Ale after they called Draft Ale, and I it was 2014. The Australian brewery was the first brewery that played around. Everyone else was using terms like summer ale or things, which is instantly what Stone and Wood modelled the. Um, Pacific Ale on an English summer ale using Australian well, it, was, it was entered in the English summer ale category for the I think the World Beer Cup. Yeah, yeah. for which it won a silver medal. If I'm not, and that was the style, that. and that was the basis. You know, like I, I was called as an expert witness at the um, passing off or the trademark case against uh, Thunder Road when it eventually went, and and that was my argument. You know, or like that, well, that was my opinion when I was asked to give it. Was it's not a beer style because it was a name for a style that was modelled on a style. Uh, and unfortunately, there was a very technical legal case. Um, it, it didn't. But the other problem was that Stone and Wood had already had a coexistence agreement with Pacific Beverages, which was the old SA, I think, was it Miller Coors or SAB Miller Coca Cola partnership was Pacific Beverages? Yeah. And they had yep. the trademark. And so there was some, there was a, and no doubt uh, our good friend and legal scholar, uh, James Omond, will correct me on this. Um, but there was a cohabitation agreement that allowed CUB to use Pacific for their beers, but, you know, essentially nobody else. Um, the court case uh, went against Stone and Wood, but then CUB just started flooding the pipeline with, you know, Four Pines 
Pacific Ale and then they had Matilda Bay Pacific Ale. And once you've got those two big brands doing it, you know, I remember seeing Hope Island doing it. A lot of small craft brewers started calling their beers Pacific Ale. How um, Island? What's that? Hope Hope Island. or Hope How Island? No, no, Howe sorry, Island? Hope oh, Hope Brewing. So not Hope, Hope Island Brewing, Hope Brewing. Hunter Valley. Yeah, in the Hunter Valley. Sorry, right. Hope Brewing. Yep. Yeah, um, and a number of others started doing it, and then the floodgates are open. You know, like it's it's death by a thousand cuts. Everyone's doing it. You know, the the brewers that respected Stone and Wood's first to market approach um, just said, "Say, well, you know, everyone else is doing it. I may as well as well." Hashtag me um, too. So, yeah. yeah, look, I mean, it. And once you open the floodgates on Pandora's can of hornet's worms, yeah, there's it, it, <laughs> no getting the genie back in the bottle. That and that's yeah, the thing. That's and, you know, like you, you kind of go, well, you know, CUB basically. You know, Matilda Bay, Four Pines, um, basically showed a lack of originality, or, you know, lack of, you know, we're, we're just going to ride the coat. Well, it wasn't crafted, because Matt, we can. Once, once based on, uh, you know, innovation and um oh, Don't talk to me about that. Yeah. We're in a post-craft world, Pete, but it's just, like, <laughs> it's just right. respect for a brand. You know, I, I still still think... We used to live in a BC world, didn't we? I, I, I still think... Yeah. I can still remember BC, Matt, you and I. <laughs> uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't last creatures. very long. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. I still, you know, I still think it shows that, you know, um, the, the the fact that Little Creatures has created it, um, you know, has, has branded their, you know, when, when there are so many others out there, you kind of go, yeah, okay, fair enough. It's the fact that they're doing it and then specifically targeting, you know, the largest independent brewer um, through pricing that they should be offering day in day out. Um, you know, in in my little, uh, who for the record make a bloody fine beer. Um, and that's directed specifically at people in January, um, early February, who come out on the interwebs, um, social media platforms, um, canning it when it does well uh, in the Gab's Hottest 100. Yeah, <laughs> little, little creatures. It's, it's still, it is one of the non-independent beers that I consistently get. I still find it very hard to find, um, you know, a pale ale. And, and maybe my palate was shaped around that pale ale because it was modelled on Sierra Nevada and that was the original American pale ale and, you know, those sorts of things. That That's the way I like my pale ales. And I still... Oh, and early doors, it was it was like getting a, a fresh... It was like being in California. It was mm-hmm. like uh, being able to drink Sierra Nevada straight from the tank mm-hmm. was, you know, what was the feeling that Little Creatures Pale Ale gave you. But what is it about the brand that they that you know they they bought it? Um, God, what it was twenty twelve? Uh, it was a couple of years after Stone and Wood launched because Little Creatures had a I think a twenty percent stake in yeah twenty seven point five or twenty three. No, no, no. Little Creatures had a stake in Stone and Wood, but Little Stone World and Wood had the, did. yeah yeah had the buyback clause um, when there was a change of ownership. Um, so that would have been around about. 2011, 2012. That 2012 was the April. 2012 was the the sale from memory. There you go. So, um, but yeah, and it just hasn't really flourished. It's despite the beer, they make it cracking. You know, still one of the best hospitality experiences in the country um, when you go to either of their uh, tap rooms, one other their breweries. Um, great people making the beer, but there's just something about the brand that it, you know, and and it. Is craft beer the thing that we thought was going to come to dominate the market? You know, are those flavours, are those bigger, bolder flavours what people actually want? Um, I don't know. And, and oh, just on a, a, a totally unrelated note, but I've got to share this story with you. Uh, when I was in Lake Sentence with Mrs Pilsner recently for just a quick getaway, um, bumped into, I think I mentioned, Chris, uh, Chris the the fisherman from who lives in Lake Sentience, and we got chatting about, about beer. 
and he he regaled me with his story of um how he uh first first went <laughs> to little creatures he was piloting a, a ship into the port at Fremantle, um, and at which point the engine gave way. Um, mm-hmm. he, he he described it very very colourfully um, and didn't have very nice things to say about about the Indonesian mechanics who had rebuilt his engine. Um, but uh, long story short, uh, thirty thousand dollars damage to the dock at the back <laughs> of Little Creatures. So there you go. Uh, the- You'd yeah. pay it back. He said he just had to sit time. there and yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, and just wait. And because uh, quarantine and all these sorts of things, it was like an eighteen-day process that, that they had to close the <laughs> that, that that area of the dock. So that's that's what the most of the cost was. <laughs> he said I only did a couple of grand's damage to the dock itself, but um, they had to <laughs> close it, it for 18, 18 days um, at whatever price per day. So there we go. Shall we keep going? Maybe meeting pubs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say. Um, so let's go back to zero alcohol, starting with uh, Blair Hughes. Yeah, sure. Um, so Blair responded when we sent the email out uh, yesterday with the zero alcohol uh, dispute going on, and he said, "Out of interest, while putting my baby to sleep just now after reading this, I made eight calls to various indie to major retails across uh, New South Wales, Bic, and Queensland." That's the sort um, of beer nerd that I like. Uh, that's really dedication. That's, that's, <laughs> worth, that's worth a bar blade. Exactly. He's probably got a million blur. Uh, spoke to store managers and every single one had a different take on licensing and store policies regarding minors purchasing non-alcoholic drinks. Some said that they could buy, others said no. So many grey areas here. What an interesting debate. Keep up the quality stories. Thanks, Blair. Um, and I might just read the second one as well because it all ties in. So Gerhard Patzold on Facebook, uh, he said they need to look at what's happened in Europe, in particular Germany. Uh, no alcohol beers have been in the market for a tw- at least 20 years, if not longer. Um, there's never been a problem with minors starting on no alcohol beer and then switching to the alcoholic version. In fact, it's socially acceptable for an adolescent to drink a non-alcoholic beer, especially a malt beer, which is high in vitamins. Okay, I'm not sure I'd make that kind of health claim, but anyway. Uh, but they do, point... but people are doing it. Anyway, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come to that. <laughs> exactly. My point is, why not look at other markets where it's been established for a long time before making judgment on a reasonably new market and trying to kill it? The non-alcoholic market is a great thing and should stay here in Australia. It has a purpose, so don't try and damage it with unform- uninformed agendas. There you go. Interesting, yeah, guys, no. on the minor point. Fair point. Uh, and mm. on that too, um, and apropos of uh, Prof's Beer of the Week, because, um, Matt, you took the other one, you took the sidewinder. So I'm going to throw in um, Teeny teeny Tiny, which is um, Jimmy Kreckelberg's. Um, oh, yeah, Goodland. Yeah. Now, it's a 2.8%, and, Matt, you'll love this. He just describes it as a, a, ta- a sparkling table beer. And yeah. it, but it's, it's, it's not in that sort of farmhouse style or an Ardennes. Yeah, yeah. You know, or anything like that. It's just a beautifully balanced two point eight. It's a, it's, it's only a, um, a, it's not part of their core range. But I grabbed some beer on the on the way home, and that was the one that Mrs. Pilsner loved the most. And I've just noticed that two of my four five hundred ml cans uh, are no longer. <laughs> now, she never ever. <laughs> I just just grabs a bit. She tastes everything because she you know, coffee master and all that sort of thing. So she like she likes to be involved in the process and 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 train her palate and that sort of thing. So anything new that I get, uh, whether it's sent to me or bought, I give her a sip and get her feedback on it. But this is the first time ever in thirty years of marriage that she has said, "Can I just grab one of those teeny tinies?" Wow, so that's very so that I, is a yeah. 
and, and and Jimmy's the background to the story was you know uh, it, it's that European thing of uh, you know sharing and having a small you know small beer table beer whatever you want to call it uh, that the fourteen year olds the twelve year olds can have a you know a, a small glass of and be part of it and also you're not you know you're not training the next generation of lager louts you're not um, <laughs> you know uh, it, it, it's just. It's breaking it's the ice, I guess. Or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. But it's just that when they're eighteen, all of a sudden, it's not like here's the keys to your car and here's your drinking yeah, license. Go, go out and combine exactly. those two, having had no experience at it legally. Yeah, yeah. And, he's and, easing you in effectively. Look, it is just such a complicated issue, and you know, I do have some sympathy to this idea that. Kids who become, you know, if, if kids become used to drinking the zero alcohol version, you know, they, they, they could mistakenly drink an alcoholic version or are just moving, you know, uh, into it. But it's, on one hand, it's locking the brand, it's locking them into a brand and making them brand aware, which is marketing and you have to be very careful around alcohol. But on the other, you know, th- there is that risk and, you know, it would be much safer for um, brewers to just create a zero alcohol brand Um you know, out of whole cloth rather than... Yeah, oh, like separate, yeah. Yeah, particularly if you're going to serve it yeah. in... If you are going to serve it in supermarkets and places that miners have access to, then it's just cleaner, it's easier, it avoids that sort of risk, yeah. you yeah. know, that, that sort of allegation being made against you um, on one hand. Yeah. And, and that, again, comes back to that responsibility of making your beer look like it is a beer or not look like something else, he says, leading beautifully into oh. let's talk about the chopped milk stout. Oh, well, no, but, but actually, <laughs> before, before we go there, cause I, yeah, so I, I think it is a little bit like there, there is a discussion to be had, but, you know, as we've said in the past, FAIR doesn't want to in, engage in nuance. Mm-hmm. They are um, ideologically driven yep. against the companies that make alcohol. They don't actually yep. want to educate people and change the world. But just, Pete, I want to go back to the thing you said about we can't say that um, zero alk is healthy or is has vitamins in it for you. Because I had a bit of a rant in the um, Radio Brews news group this week because I got a media release from, you know, I've had a bit of a rant about how the all of this coverage of alcohol-free beer isn't driven by consumer demand. It's driven by people who have a, you know, it, it, it's completely commercially driven by people who make and sell the beers. So this week I got a media release, the latest media release from um, the PRs acting on behalf of Irene Falcone, um, I think is her name, uh, is the lady's name, who's been quoted just about every media. And this is why you're seeing um, this uh, zero alcohol free um you know, sans drink. This was the media release based on the uh, they're a gateway beer to... No, did, no, this is where it's said. This is said. a separate one, wasn't it? Hi, Matt. Yeah. Did you know that people who received the COVID vaccine are encouraged not to drink afterwards? Now, I know that that's <laughs> oh, not true. It's a lie. I know yeah. that's not true for one thing. I've had both my jabs and the very first thing I asked both times was, look, this is what I do for a living. Is it, it okay to, to have a drink? Now. And they said, the advice that they said was, no issues with alcohol. You do not want to become dehydrated. Um, because that can affect uh, you know, a range of things. So make sure that you stay hydrated. Um, and that was the specific advice. But of course, you know, you, you, then you go to the default advice, which is don't drink to excess um, anyway. Um, and the media release goes on. It's just another group of Aussies jumping on the non-alcoholic drink trend and putting a record number of orders in for the sophisticated alternative. <laughs> now, this media release linked to an article that purportedly said, um, you know, that purportedly 
backed up their statement that you're not meant to drink if you're you're um, getting the, the COVID vaccination. Um, and when I clicked, I thought, oh, this is interesting. I'll get on this. Um, the email said, uh, the, the paragraph three, if you are truly a moderate drinker, then there is no risk of having a drink around the time of your vaccine, said Ilham Masudi, director of the Centre for <laughs> Virus Research at the University of California, who has conducted research on the effects on alcohol on the immune response. Um, so they're lying and then linking, you know, the, the, the typical thing, hoping that no one, they link to an article that doesn't actually back up their claim, hoping that people aren't, uh, are too lazy to read it. So I got back to her and, uh, you know, Said, look. Oh, brilliant! You didn't tell me this, Matt. Go on. Said, <laughs> so did you did you read the uh, email that you sent to me? <laughs> Thanks for following up. We're not covering this story, not just because you're pretty much representing the advice about drinking after vaccination, um, <laughs> and, and then quoted back to her. But uh, and I said, it's actually pretty dodgy that you're using the current situation to push a product that arguably sells on its own merits, particularly distorting the advice it's given. You know, during a pandemic where people are struggling, mm. they're giving bad advice. She How unethical is that? Well, she responded, thanks for your email. Demand for non-alcoholic beers have been huge surge since COVID-19. Brackets. <laughs> um mainly because we're lying about their, their benefits, um, close brackets. So much so that Sons is about to open 20 stores Australia-wide. Its relevance is in meeting the demands of a consumer who wants healthier habits during this difficult time. Um, there has been advice from doctors to avoid alcohol after the jab. Links then oh, to a health.com store a health.com oh, article no, she headed, oh. can you drink alcohol after getting the COVID-19? Here's what doctors recommend. And it basically says, you find a drink. So even when I call her up for linking to dodgy things, it says there is absolutely no advice around it. The Centre for Disease Control has released guidelines that are silent on it. Um, In the UK, experts recently advised people to avoid drinking alcohol in the days leading up to and after receiving the COVID. You need to have your immune system working tip-top to have a good response. Um, That's not going to help, said Sheena, an immunologist. Um, But then it also says in the US there's no official government recommendation on drinking. However, while there's no no evidence that drinking alcohol affects the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccine or causes any (laughs) unwanted health effects, the doctors who we spoke to are... Advise against drinking immediately after receiving the shot. Vaccine yeah. side but effects include They have, include to. They have and to say that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's got it, it's. There's completely misrepresenting the advice. Wow. And it's on the you know, um, you know. Yes, alcohol-free beers. There, I'm sure there is a market for it. The hype that we're seeing is completely driven not by consumer demand. It is completely by people who are just on the verge of opening 20 stores Australia-wide and looking for investment. Um, so, and you, and, and you just have to look at all of the uh, equity crowdfundings where um, everyone who's equity crowdfunding refers not to their finances, not refers to, you know, their growth in sales. The first thing that they refer to is the number of times they've been mentioned in the media as if hype generates... <laughs> anyway. And I'm, oh, I'm spent. I'm out. This is so stressful. All right. Well, uh, as are we nearly all, we do need to keep moving. Um, but very quickly, chocolate um, uh, milk stout appetite. I think it's worse to have something that doesn't look like a beer that is a beer. Yeah, surely. A non-alcoholic version of a, an already established beer brand, you know, uh, similar to, you know, uh-huh. I'll use Heineken as, as the example. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Victorian Commission for Gambling and Liquor Regulation has banned um, Howler Brewing, 
uh, at, uh, <laughs> now where they are, uh, Lang Warren, so at uh, Gippsland Brewery, uh, oh. from advertising its chalk milk stout, which the brewery discontinued 12 months ago. Well, <laughs> nothing like being uh, late to the party. In their judgment, <laughs> Chair Ross Kennedy said the VCGLR would not hesitate to issue a banning notice <laughs> if the promotion or advertising did not fall within the law. And you know what? It worked. Before <laughs> well, we even sent it, we they hesitated, though. Well, obviously, there's a pretty broad definition for hesitation um, in, in the Victorian Commission because, you know, look, they, they linked to stories that were from 2019. You know, they, they, <laughs> the, 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 the allegation was 2019. But fortunately, um, we also learned that they've partnered with um, ABAC, who have a 30, who you complain, you are much they <laughs> have a judgment in 30 days. Um, and, you know, so th- this just essentially makes ABAC even more, you know, fair and they, they, their ilk can say whatever they want about um, ABAC. Mm-hmm. ABAC is a robust, even though it's industry-led, it is actually robust and effective and it is timely. They get the answers done in 30 days. So, Can I just share with you, Matt and Claire and listeners, um, self-regulation is often the best regulation, I reckon, rather than and people know my thoughts on government. But well, I've spoken uh, to more than one uh, Gippsland brewer who has spoken to um, their friends at, at Howler and have basically intimated, look... We've seen this latest advertising or, you know, labelling, marketing ploy that you got. It looks bad for us all. Mm-hmm. So and, there, and there, they are, know that they're doing there are elements well, within the, the industry well, yeah, <laughs> who, are, who, are, who are trying to do the right thing and saying, look, it, it, it's okay, yeah, I, I get that you want to run, play your own game and run your own race and, and print your own labels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be getting Rowan's label <laughs> stickers and packaging to do them myself, but if you <laughs> yeah. want to do them, you know, else because they're cheap and nasty if you don't get them from Rowling's, um, generally. But... <laughs> But you've got to be aware of this reflects on all of us. It's like if somebody makes an exploding can or they make an oxidised beer. But it's it's if somebody wheezes in the pool. That water doesn't stay just in your little part of the pool. It It doesn't matter who did it. And it affects everybody. And we're all swimming in it before you know it. Um, Heller's response was, it cost us a fortune in unused labels. But if it's a it's a risk that you take when you make labels that are close to the edge. So they know they no, know that they're doing it wrong. If you are <laughs> if, if you're finding it so hard to find the edge, maybe stop short of the edge because your <laughs> radar is off. And and, and, and this it is, costs you a fortune. Why would you bother? I, I know I've got my little sayings, but my fire break. You know, I've, I've you know I've got the bintang effect. The fire break is another one. You know, they cut fire breaks to stop the fire. You know. Because the fire won't just stop. To mitigate risk. To mitigate the risk. You yeah. you know, if, if you're not sure where the line is, stop, you know, leave a fire break between it just to save any problems. Because the other thing is if you go right up to the line, then everyone else has that little bit of competition to creep a- across it. So uh, Exactly. And more importantly, it wouldn't have cost you a fortune if you'd used Rowling's label <laughs> packaging. <laughs> They're getting their money's worth this time, aren't they? Uh, have we got time for... Uh, look, I, I, I won't yeah, go full rant. I, I've ranted enough on this. We'll very quickly uh, do this one because we'll be posting a media release about it. Um, the final frontier. The final frontier, yeah. So Base. got a media the release. Frontier. Let me preface this by saying this is an awesome concept. This is a concept that stands alone. It, you know, just like alcohol-free beer, you don't need to misrepresent health advice to sell alcohol-free beer. It's an awesome thing. It'll sell itself. Just like this is a great little idea, but my 
trigger, you know, my itchy um, rant finger. Um, in a worldwide first, Canberra's Bentspoke Brewing Company, along with Super Sky Engineering, have launched a high-altitude balloon into space. The goal being to capture yeast via a nutrient-rich petri dish to brew a beer. The odds were low, but upon the balloon's descent back to Earth after a two-hour journey making approximately 30 kilometres above Earth's atmosphere, they were able to extract a single yeast deposit. The yeast was in, blah, 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 you know, cultivate up now, it's making a beer. Okay, now first of all, the balloon didn't go 30 kilometres above Earth's atmosphere. It went 30 kilometres above the Earth. Earth's atmosphere is where space begins, um, which is, depending on where you do it, the line is apparently hundred about 100 kilometres, which is, I think, the Cardin line. Isn't it named after, yeah, isn't it named after someone? Or it's, something? It, it, yeah. and it, it is a, a point a, a, which, a determined point at yeah, which you say... Aerodynamics no longer begin. work because there isn't enough air to, you know, Bernoulli's principle, you know, ailerons, you know, dynamic movement of flight control surfaces. You can't control a plane at space, basically, because there's not enough air. That's where space begins. That's 100 kilometres. At 30 kilometres, you're well short of that line. You haven't reached space. You've done something really, really cool. You've gone really, really high, and you're doing something that... Sub-atmospheric well, or... Well, there, 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 isn't there a word for it? There must be a word for... It's, it's like the SpaceX and the Dragon and the... You know, the but look, and that's the thing. Like People who go Musk, on space... They never actually who, went who into virgin, space. Don't get your wings. You're not in space. You know, you're not in space. You don't get your wings. You've gone really high and you've spent a lot of money to do, to do something that isn't going into space. 30 kilometres in a balloon is well short of even that level. But anyway, look, love Ben Spoke, love the beer, but, you know, this is the sort of hype that, you know, I used to have fun tearing the big brewers apart for where they would just completely over-egg the lasagna whatever you know they're just completely <laughs> just trying to get a headline and then you know media just Unless lap it up and do it and then the next and, and it, it does nothing to add to beer you know because the, the the story is cool enough as it is you know we've we, we've seen brewers who so have, the idea is matt that we're trying to harvest yeast from high up in the atmosphere. We're doing so something really When we end up living yeast. on Mars, we've got to have beer. Yeah, who, who knows if there's yeast there? <laughs> who knows if there's yeast up in, you know, at 30 kilometres high? We don't have to do this sort of, you know, silliness that, you know, just to, you know, it, it, it actually looks a little bit um, like the kid at the back of the classroom going, look at me, look at me, look at me, because you're not getting enough attention. So, anyway. Oh, cutting. <laughs> well, man, look, I, look I'm, again, you know, th th this was just one that sort of landed on my desk that it was just so filled with, you know, hyperbole that was a little bit over the top that it's it's mm. where the, you know, roulette ball has landed. But That's we're it. seeing it increasingly. And it, I, I don't think it does anything. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, the, the number of indicators that show that craft beer has ended up back where big beer used to be. This is the sort of nonsense that big brewers used to try and do to try and stand out from the crowd and things like that. And I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps brewing. The story was cool enough without calling it a space beer or saying they're going to space. And then anyway, enough said. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Join our... Yeah. Join the discussion. Tell us if you agree. If, and, and we do have some, I think we've had some astro engineers. Our, our operators are standing by. Take your call. Matt at bruisenews.com.au. Yeah, you have to take the fall for that one. I'll, 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 I'll take the fall for it. You know. To slap Matt, press one. <laughs> yeah.
No, we don't but, get. No, we don't want options. Look, no, it, it is a fair point. I will say because you know we cover big brewery news. We always have, and you know one of the one of the fingers that's pointed at me these days is oh, you you sort of, you know. Taking the bit like um, David Henderson again, who's a really thoughtful guy who is really passionate about independence, raising that thing. Call it as it is. Stop this craft washing. Mm. Um, it's not four pines. It's a say. You know, like you make a point. You know, maybe we should have said in the media this media releases. And we actually we often do whenever we refer to Asahi or Lion in stories that we write. We do Asahi owned CUB or Kieran owned Lion to make that mm-hmm. very very clear. This was one that, that, that we didn't, he might, you know, arguably there's a point. But when it comes to actually taking the long stick, um, when, when you look at the stuff that I used to really go crazy at, Pete, you know, Byron Bay Park Lager, you know, time is a fifth ingredient, you know, malt, water, hops and yeast. Well, what about cane sugar? Um, you know, and, and all of the things that were just gr- terribly distorting or overhyping that the big brewers used to do. They just don't do that anymore. Like they just, I, I, and when, when when they do, um, we you know when they start targeting independent brewers with contracts, we actually actually do take them to town. And you don't, you know, I I, I can't remember though, you know, the, the the last time I saw a ridiculous overreach by big brewers, um, you know, um, but we're starting to see more and more of it from craft brewers who are trying to stand out from the pack. I, and I look, yeah, you make a good point. And when we had, you know, 100, 200, 250, even 300, uh, it was easier to uh, be heard above the noise because the noise wasn't as great. But it, it, it's harder and harder. But so, but don't become the noise. You know, no, like no, that, that's, that's the thing. You know, becoming the noise doesn't solve the problem or making more noise isn't the way to, you know, solve that problem. Um, no, good point. I, you know, I, I don't think. Um, on that note, it's time to thank <laughs> Cry Mold. On, on, on that note, it's like stickers and packaging, Matt's soapbox, <laughs> <laughs> Dead Horse and Whip Productions, and uh, <laughs> New Zealand Ale Trail. Thanks very much for all of your support. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Have Bex and a lie down. So I'm <laughs> or, as the Victorian Premier would say, get on the beers. But tell us what you think. You know, vaccination again, and get on the beers. You know, yeah. Great discussions in the Facebook group. Pick a line. Love it. Exactly. No, and uh, to be continued. I think this is just the beginning of uh, of the discussion, and that's that's what we love. Thanks very much, Claire. Cheers, Pete. It's good. It's good to be working from home, isn't it? Can you imagine yeah. you, know, you have to spend the rest of the afternoon in the office? You'd just be stomping up and down. <laughs> and don't forget the corridors. Buy Claire a soundproof booth. Please be my ass. Please. Claire a soundproof booth, so when we're back in the office, she doesn't have to listen to this uh, at, at, at full volume. You can donate. <laughs> Click. There's a link in the show notes if you'd like to make a one-off donation or a regular donation to uh, help. You know, Claire's lucite panels. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Thanks, Pete. Yeah, sneeze, Thanks, guys. No worries at all. Uh, take care. That's it. Uh, we are out. That's uh, it for this week's Brews News Week. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, thanks for all your support. Uh, drink fresh. Drink local, independent if it matters. Uh, look after yourselves and each other and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. 
Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Bruise News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. 